Hello, everybody. This is Christine, your host at Dear Journey, and I'm here today to share something amazing. I hope your day is full of joy, of love, of peace, of kindness, and if it's not, that you bring that to the table because you have everything inside of you to get that great life that you want. All you have to do is pull them out of yourself and don't go to what you're used to, the negative stuff. Um, I'm here to share with you part of my dear journey. I have an amazing story to share with you about an an amazing woman. Um, And I'm also here to share with you the truth about motherhood. Um, Of course, I won't cover it all, but I'll cover my part of the story as much as I can. And I hope that you enjoy it. So here goes. Dear Journey, back in 2015, when we made the leap to move down to Florida, I found out that I was pregnant with my second child one day before taking that road trip down to Florida from New Jersey. And I was scared out of my mind. My husband and I had three months before that packed up our our three-bedroom apartment into a storage and moved into my mom's house for three months so that we can save enough money to pay off our debt and come down to Florida with no debt. Um, For those of you who are thinking to move to another state because it's warm, because it's amazing, and because you just want to start anew, I I will tell you this. Do it, but do it with the intentions of staying there and loving it. Meaning have your mind set that this is going to be a great thing. And not necessarily, well, if I don't like it, I'll move back. Because at every moment when you won't like it, you will tell yourself, I'm just going to move back. And you're not even going to push yourself hard enough to stay in that state and make it work. So when we moved to Florida, it's because we wanted to and because we were going to make it our next home, um, whatever it took. So we had a mindset of greatness. We had a mindset that we were going to make it work and that this was going to be our next home. And fast forward two years and some months later, we love it here. It's amazing. We do miss family. We do miss certain things from up north. But Florida is pretty amazing. And if you're a good adapter like myself and my husband, then you'll make it work. So anyway, back to the mom story. So when we moved down here, when we took the road trip down here, I was nauseous. I had a then four-year-old little girl who got a fever out of nowhere. Um, and it was crazy, but as moms, you know, we just make it happen. I was nauseous in the car ride, but again, as moms, we make it happen. Like sometimes people ask other moms, how do you do it? And the truth is you have no other choice, so you just do it. Um, anyway, so during my pregnancy, I felt amazing. Like I felt like I was the most beautiful person I've ever been in my life physically. I just felt so great. Well, after like we, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. So my pregnancy was beautiful. You know, my husband and I were not in good terms. Like my pregnancy with Alejandrito, my little son, um, my relationship with Alejandro was very iffy. We had very great moments, but the rest of the 10 months, it was like miserable. Like we just weren't in good We weren't in good terms overall, but the moments that we did have good times, they were great. Um, But after four months, 
I then started to retain a lot of water. And every time I would go to the doctors, there was nothing wrong with me. I It wasn't high blood pressure. I didn't have diabetes. I didn't have anything. I was just swollen. I was just, I literally looked like an elephant. My feet were so big. I grew from a size seven and a half to almost a size 12 in shoe size. My clothes went from, my underwear went from a small to a large. I mean, it was insane. Moms, it was insane. Um, but I felt so beautiful. I don't know. It was so weird. But it was so painful. So I want to talk to you more about what it means, like what happens. I'm going to preface this by saying every mom is different. Every pregnancy is different. Every child is different. And as a woman, I hope you listen to my story and are and you are encouraged. Again, don't compare yourself to me. I'm telling you my story just to inspire, encourage you, and motivate you. This is my story. This is my dear journey, and I hope you're just listening to just do that and not compare yourself to me. And the reason I say don't compare yourself to me is because this is my life that I'm living. God has placed amazing points in my life to help other women, but it's still my life. You are living your life and you have amazing assets. You are great the way that you are. You can always do better. So what you're doing and what you're going through, it's part of your dear journey. So embrace that and use my experience as a as a story that could encourage, empower you, or motivate you, but not so that you can envy or in any way want these kinds of things to happen to you or wish them on yourself. Embrace what you have and enjoy them, even though it's tough. So this pregnancy was just crazy. I mean, all I kept saying throughout the whole pregnancy was, I feel so beautiful. I don't know what's going to happen once I give birth. What's going to happen mentally? Because there's just so many things that people don't tell you. You know, you see all the gorgeous um, pregnancy and maternity pictures. You see the beautiful newborns, but they don't tell you the ugly. There's so much ugly that comes into motherhood. And what we do as moms is that we take all the ugly and we balance it on a on this list of of other things like the baby smile the way they hug you the way they need you and then we say you know what this is beautiful this is a blessing but there's so much ugly that comes with it so i just kept saying to myself i'm definitely gonna have an epidural there is no question because i don't tolerate pain and I'm going to have a natural birth because my first pregnancy was a natural birth and I had an epidural and everything was, you know, bearable. It wasn't great to the point where nothing bad happened, but it was good. It was a good it was a good enough experience to be able to had again, to be have be had again. So, that was my plan. My plan was, you know, I'm going to have this baby, I'm going to have him naturally and, you know, I'm going to bounce back quick because that's what happened when I was 22, 23 when I had my first child. Well, I was, you know, not 22, not 23, and I was in a new state in a place where the closest hospital to me is not considered the best. It's not uh, Bedford's Row in Newark, but it's not the, the, the best hospital here in this area. But that's where um, my doctor was um, 
was from, and it was the closest hospital to us. So it is about four or five o'clock in the morning, and my water breaks. And I call my husband, who had just left to work about 20 minutes prior. And when I call him, he had just gotten to work. And I said, hey, babe, my water just broke. And he said, okay, I'll be right there. Well, guess what this young lady goes and does? I go and I uh, clean up. I pack my bag that I didn't have packed. I pack my daughter's bag, who was sleeping at the time, and I was going to take her to my um, father's house so that he can stay with her while I go and give birth. You know, just go to the hospital, be right back. And I, I went to go take a shower, guys. I went, I showered, I tried to use the bathroom and do number two so that I don't have to do it, you know, when I give birth because, hello, that happens sometimes when you're on on that bed pushing. And no luck, I wasn't able to do it. And uh, by the time my husband got here, my mom was here, my dad was here, my daughter was awake, everything, it was just, it just seemed like pandemonium. The pain started to kick in. We get to the hospital. By the way, my husband, I don't know if he had a private jet and flew here. We get to the hospital, and um, I'm in pain, okay? I'm trying my best not to yell because my first pregnancy, I was yelling like a Mexican. Yep, that was me. And I remember the nurse said to me, you are not the only person giving birth here. Get yourself together. Well, we get to the hospital, and I say to the nurse, I need to use the bathroom. She's like, no, uh, you can't push yet. I'm like, listen, I don't need to push. I just need to get into the restroom. I know I need to use the bathroom. You know, and again, this is, I think most women's biggest fear is that you don't want to poop while you're pushing because that's nasty. So I went to the bathroom and sure enough, I did the do. I was having contractions in between. I mean, it was crazy, women. This is crazy. Men, if you're listening, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, men. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't been in a room with a woman giving birth, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, um, believe it or not, men, we need you. We need your support and we need to be able to squeeze you, punch you and blame you for all the pain that you're causing us at the time. Okay. So thank you. So I get out of the, the restroom and the doctor comes to check me and I, you know, I'm, I'm in pain, but I'm ready. Like, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, get an epidural. Everything's just going to be great. Well, remember last week and I was telling you guys that, you know, I was so excited and so happy about how great my life was going. And then, boom, my husband and I had our first argument. And glory be to God, we were able to solve that issue. And, you know, we moved on. Well, while I was sitting in that hospital bed, my bubble, my whole world felt like it was tumbling down. The baby, my sweet little cute little baby, turned around and the baby was breached and I had to have a C-section. And women, men, listen, when a woman has her mind set on how she wants her birth to go to happen and it doesn't go like that, In the moment, it really does feel like we have lost control and that our life feels, you know, just, it just feels so uneasy. And women who have had only C-sections, I'm going to preface this by saying what I felt is not true. And I hope that you don't feel this. And if you're pregnant and you're going to, and you're giving birth soon, I hope that 
um, you don't feel this. But this is what I felt in the moment. When they told me that I would have to have an emergency C-section, I started to cry. And I just kept saying, please, let let my God work. Give me one hour. Please, whatever I need to do. I'm even getting tear-eyed over here. Just please let me do it. Do I have to jump? Do I have to crawl? What do I need to do so that the baby can turn around again? And please, give me one hour. Let me pray. Let me, let me just, let me do something. Because I don't want to have a C-section. Up to that moment, I have never looked up C-section. I didn't know what it entailed. I didn't know what it was. All I knew, all I knew was, oh, they cut you, the baby comes out, and it's easy peasy. Err. Nope, that's not what a C-section is. So I was praying, I was crying, and my mom just kept saying to me, Christine, but what's, you have to do what's right for the baby. And I kept saying, I don't want a C-section, I don't want a C-section, I don't want a C-section. And my mom just kept saying, but why? This is what you need. This is, you know, you it's for the best of the baby. You know, he can get hurt. You know, she was just trying to tell me all these great things about why it's so amazing to get it. You know, not amazing to get a C-section, but why I must get a C-section for my health and for the babies. And I remember through my tears telling my mom, but I wouldn't feel like a mom. I won't feel like a woman. A real woman pushes her baby out. And my mom just looked at me and she said, that's not true. That's not true, Christine. It's okay. And in that moment, I had to... I really had to be kind to myself. I had to truly see that I am not in control of my life. I'm not I don't I can't move every little piece on the board exactly how I want to have this dream life that I want or dream pregnancy that I want. I literally have to turn over the pieces to God and say, God, your will be done and not mine. And that's exactly what happened. And and let me tell you, women and men, that was a very tough part for me. It was it was so hard because now I'm about to do something I've never even looked. I've never even researched. I never even talked about anybody, talked to anybody who had a C-section about a C-section because I only had a natural birth and I've always been taught I mean been taught I've always thought that c-section was just an easy way out I never seen it as as like I always thought it was somebody's choice as opposed to an obligation this is something you have to do for the protection of your so I, I was just like oh my goodness what's gonna happen and then to tell you the truth guys I didn't Alejandro kept just saying things that, uh, men, there should be a class that you guys take about things you shouldn't say while your wife is giving birth, things you shouldn't do, like just mannerisms while you're in that room. I wish somebody would do a class. I can't remember right now what he was doing or what he wasn't doing. I just remember saying, I don't want you in the room. I don't want you in the room. I prefer my mom in the room because in that moment, I wanted somebody that was going to support me, someone that was going to empower me, someone that was going to tell me that it was going to be all right and that I was doing the right choice. I, I think I remember briefly, Alejandro was just like, basically like, shut up, it's not your choice. You just got to do what you got to do and bring my baby to this world. 
um, not in those words, but women, sometimes it, they can just be doing the littlest things and it feels like the hugest things in that moment. So he probably was just being encouraging and supportive, but I didn't feel it like that. I felt like he was just, he was cramping my style and I needed someone to just be in the room with me that was going to make me feel good because I was feeling horrible. Anyway, he was in the room. He won. And it was just the right thing to do anyway. And my mom, I told you guys before, she is the best mother-in-law. She just looked at me and was like, he's the father. I'm the mo- I'm the grandma. He's going to be in there with you. I'll be out here when you get out. I promise. So just being in that room, in this bright room, where really it just seems like it, it just... You feel like you're just a piece of me. Like, I don't even know how to explain it other than it's scary. It's hard. And for as much as the nurses tried their best to make me feel comfortable, encourage me, they were so kind. They were so nice. You know, they still, they're still moving you around. Like, you're just like, all right, you know, and everything is so quick. Everything is just like, oh my goodness. I remember they just put me on that bed. I'm going, having contractions. It was just, it was a great experience as far as these people were so kind to me. But emotionally, I was just not in the right state of mind. Um, moms, you ever seen those cute pictures of the mom with the baby close to them when they first give birth and it just looks so magical? I'm not saying this is for everyone. I'm sharing you my experience, sharing with you my experience. When the baby was put next to me and we took a picture, I don't remember it. So if you've seen it on Instagram and on Facebook and it looks heavenly, I don't remember it. It didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I just melted. I do remember my husband crying though because he was so proud to cut the baby's umbilical cord, to see his son. I mean, he was just so emotional. And I think I peeked over at him and I saw him crying and I started crying. But I I wasn't crying for the baby. I was crying because... I didn't feel like I gave birth. I just felt like the baby appeared. And it was hard. Oh my goodness, I'm getting emotional. It was hard because here is this great creature that I didn't feel like I brought to this earth because I didn't push him out. Because I didn't have that experience that I did with Amelia, which is my firstborn. And... People are expecting you to be so happy, so jolly, so moved. And that just wasn't my experience. The hospital was amazing. The nurses were amazing. The doctor was amazing. Alejandro was, believe it or not, he was great. He was a great coach. You know, he says he was there for me, but I was so drugged up, I don't remember anything. And I remember when they, when I was finally in the room... And everything was, you know, done. These pains that come over you. Moms, we are superheroes. We are amazing beings. Don't ever forget how great you are. How amazing God has made us. Men, don't ever forget what great part you you have in making a baby in bringing life to this world you are an 
perfect person for the job. I feel like so often we forget how important the man is. You know, yes, there are some deadbeat men. Yes, there are men who don't care, who are savages, who are not so great. But for every horrible man, there's five great men. And don't believe the hype that men are nothing and that they're, they're all dogs and that they're all the same. Women, that is not true. A man, like a woman, with the right mindset, with the right support, with the right encouragement, can become better. But he must have the desire within himself to make that happen. So don't ever give up on your husband on, on your on your spouse. If you're being abused, walk away. I'm not telling you to stay anywhere. But if your man is tired because he's been working and you're always on top of him, that's a different kind of man. If you feel like he's lazy, there's something missing in him. You can't fix him. The fixer is God. Go to the throne. Bend your knees. Pray for your family. Fast for your family. Do what you have to do to make your family great. But don't walk away because it's too hard. If he's abusing you, get up and walk away. Because no man should put his hands on you or verbally abuse you. And women, you either. Should not be abusing your husbands with your mouth. Anyway, back to the story. I just wanted to let you guys know that men and women are important parts of life. And we have great parts to play. And we got to play our part. And I want to remind you that we're not all the same. And we're going to do things differently. And you, this may not be your experience, but this was my experience. When they placed my son, they gave me my son when everything was said and done and I was in my room and I wasn't in the operating room anymore. I looked at my son and I loved him because he was mine because I, you know. But it wasn't the love that you feel. It wasn't this great Instagram love. And I keep saying Instagram because everything just seems so great on social media. And that's just not how life is in real life. Everything is not always great. Your the your thinking may be great, but the actual situation can be so horrible. And you have person number one who is positive and hopeful and looks to a greater future and makes that situation great, although it's not. And then that's that other person, person number two, who sees the bad and can no longer or at all see any any greatness and sees his his cup half empty. The pessimist and the optimist. So. In that moment, I was looking at my son and I was looking for all the great in what happened. Because if I didn't, I would have absolutely fallen into postpartum depression. If I would have let my feelings govern me, I would have fell into that, that place where you know you should be happy you know everything that you've brought a blessing. But for as much as you know that, you won't allow yourself to um, bask in the moment. You'll just keep um, just thinking about the negatives. So I already had went through um, partial part postpartum depression with Amelia. And not because of her. It was more towards the world i don't i don't know how to explain it other than postpartum depression is real mental health illness is very real in the world and you're not alone whoever you are that's listening 
it doesn't make you weak because you're doing it. It doesn't make you less of a person because you're going through it. It just makes you a person. It just makes you a person who is going through life. And this is your dear journey. And with the grace of God and with the mercy of God and with the kindness that you have on yourself and with the daily efforts that you place, your story can be somebody can be used as a message to help someone else. So in that moment, I was doing everything that I could to bring my spirits up and not to focus on the fact that I didn't feel like I gave birth to a life other other than, you know, feeling the pain. I just didn't feel it. You know, I, I saw my son and I saw greatness in him, but I also felt pain inside an emotional deep down pain that I couldn't describe it and no one in the room could have understand because they were so in love with this great creature that literally I brought into the world even though I don't feel the way that I did so in that moment I was by physically but I wasn't by myself because I reached to God and I just said just help me here because I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. And I was just asking him to mentally help me. Because it was a pretty smooth C-section. Everything went great. It was done, you know, within 45 minutes. Um, my parents were there. My husband was there. My little girl was able to come. I mean, it was it was really a beautiful per, uh, story. My pastor and first lady came to see us. Uh, a friend that I that I made over Facebook came. You know, we didn't have a lot of family here in Florida, so you know, those were the people that took, that came, and we had fo- phone calls pouring in. My sister in law, I remember, sent me flowers. So the experience overall was great, but mentally, I was in a place where I had to pull myself out of there, out of um, falling deep into that dark hole that comes with um, giving birth. Um, C-sections are hard, okay? It's quick and easy, but it's like a credit card, you know? You pay, and then bada-boom, everything is great. But paying off the credit card is more painful than paying out of pocket with with cash. Because things happen. And, you know, things get delayed. And... It starts to rack up, you know. Oh, I just put on the card. Oh, I just put on the card. So at first it's easy, everything seems great. But when you go and have to sit down and do the bills, then that's when you feel the pain. So that's how I can. Comp- I mean, I don't know if I did a good job verbally describing what I mean. But when you pay cash, that's it. You pay the cash there. The pain is done there. You don't have to go back and read the books and see where you don't. You don't have to balance your books and see what you paid on the credit card and why your bill is so high or what you put on it or none of that. You know the pain is done with cash. You done. You done it. That's it. It's done. You paid for it. With a credit card, is you swipe, and it's not until you get your bill that you realize, wait a minute, I racked up more than I thought that I did. So with a C-section, that's how it felt. When I had my daughter and I pushed her out, I'm telling you, within one or two days, I was up. I was back in my jeans. I was walking around. Yes, I was in pain. Yes, I was still bleeding. You know, yes, it it, it there was um the contractions that you feel down there. Yes, it was painful, but it was there was the bounce back was quick. With a C-section, it's hard to pee. It's hard to poop. It's hard to walk. 
It's hard to drive. It's hard to walk up the stairs. And some of those things you can't even do till six weeks after you have a C-section. Are there moms out there that are doing it? Yes. More kudos to you. I was one of those moms that was... I had... My husband used those, um, those exercise ropes that are used. He had to tie them on the door so that I can grab onto them and slowly sit my behind on the toilet to use the bathroom because the, the scar where I was cut hurt so bad. Um, they tell you after you have a C-section not to talk too much because you build up gas. Um, and I was hard-headed. And the gas pains are worse than I can ever imagine. To have gas trapped in your body is painful. It is horrible. Oh my goodness. It's, I mean, I just went through a lot after having the baby and having to change his diaper and breastfeed him. Oh my gosh, breastfeeding. We're going on 18 months breastfeeding, but the first few weeks of breastfeeding and having a C-section is tough. Women, be kind to yourself. It is hard. Breastfeeding is hard. Having a C-section is hard. But guess what? My son is 18 months now, and I have pulled through. But it was, it was a very hard, hard journey. But I, I'm here to tell you that it's going to pass. The pain is going to pass. The breastfeeding pain will pass. It will hurt. It is worth it, but if you can't do it, be kind to yourself, and it's okay. It is okay not to be able to do the things that you planned on doing because you cannot plan for the pain that's going to come after you give birth when you have a C-section or after you even push. So be kind to yourself and don't compare yourself to anybody, nobody. Nobody goes has the same pregnancy or has the same experiences. When they tell you after you have a baby, sleep as much as you can, rest, don't do so many chores, don't worry about the house, just do what you have to do for the baby. That just sounds so great, but when you have another kid, that's not nearly as possible as someone who's, let's say, a first-time mom. And some of us have to go back to work. Some of us don't have supporters, supportive spouses. Some of us don't have help. So all those great dandy advices that seem sound so dreamy, some of us can't take advantage of those things. And it's okay. What works for you may not work for somebody else. So when people give you, you know, the, the advice that you didn't ask for, just say, okay, with a smile. Because guess what? You have to do what works best for you. And that's okay. Um, my daughter started kindergarten two weeks after my son was born. And I, sure enough, was not going to miss my daughter's first day of kindergarten. Not even for my son. You want to know why? Because I tell myself that I'm a mom that can do. I can do anything. Because I will be there for the first time they fall, for the first poops, first boogers, and first days of school. I'm going to be the mom that's going to be right there, chipper, even though I'm feeling like crap. Because I believe it is my God-given blessing to be a mom. So I will do whatever it takes. So when moms ask me, how do you do it? Why do you last so long doing breastfeeding? 
you know, how do you do this and why do you do that? Moms, because deep inside of me, I believe that God chose me for these two children that I have. And when he thought about what mom he was going to give them, he thought about me. So I do my best to do the best for them. That's just what I do. This is my dear journey. This is what I do. I encourage you moms to find your place wherever you are and you dads to find your place and don't beat yourself down. You're going to make mistakes. You're not perfect. We're human. But I hope that you understand what I'm telling you, that you have to do what's best for you. So I was there for my daughter's first day of school. My husband had to work. So guess who had to start driving my daughter to school every day after having a C-section, 30 minutes from home, because I want her to go to the, one of the best schools in the area. Well, not in, there, in my immediate area. I did, with a newborn in the back, crying, having to stop. And having to drop my daughter off. And like I told you before, I'm the kind of mom that walks her daughter all the way to the class. Even though there's a car line where you can drop them off and they can walk themselves to class. No. I was. And I mean, people still at the school tell me, no more car seat, huh? Because I would lug my beautiful little newborn and my little girl. And I would walk down that 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 um sidewalk as if I didn't have pain going on with a smile. And I will walk my daughter right to her door. Because she didn't understand that I was in pain. She didn't understand what was going on. And how would she feel if here I go and say, you know what? I can't do it for you, baby. You got to go do it yourself and just throw her out there. When all I have to do is just push myself a little more. So I hope that this inspires you to push yourself a little more. But you're still kind to yourself. Always within your limits. Because I I wasn't killing myself. I was taking my time. You know, I was doing it in the in the best capacity that I could, but I wasn't being lazy. So that's, I guess, what my encouragement is to you women and men. Don't be lazy with your kids because they will see what you're doing and they would imitate that. They won't do what you say to do. They would do what you do. So when I tell my daughter certain things and when I encourage her or or push her, she can never say back to me, but you don't. Or, but you didn't, but how come you know? Because I am the example or try to be my best at being the example of the best that she can be, if that makes any sense. So, um, I'm just thinking of those days. Those were some tough days, but... Fast forward today, I'm grateful that I did those things, the hard things. I'm grateful that I did them even though it was tough and it was hard and it was challenging because it made me appreciate all the moments that I had with them. Um, My son, I remember uh, breastfeeding. Oh, my goodness. It's been 18 months. And within those 18 months, thank God, no blisters, no bleeding. But after a year and two months, I had a a sore on my boob. I don't know what um what it's called. I didn't go to the doctor for it. I naturally treated it with my own breast milk, and um, that week was painful. But aside from that weak moment in one a uh, year and a half, breastfeeding hasn't been smooth. 
breastfeeding is not as beautiful as it sounds and it's great for the baby it is the best thing that you can give to a child but fed baby is best so whether he is formula fed or or breastfed fed is best i just chose and was given the blessing to be able to breastfeed don't think that you're better or um worse because of the kind of food or formula or whatever way you're able to feed your baby. You have to do what's best for the child. And the child shouldn't starve and shouldn't suffer um, when it comes to food. So my first week of breastfeeding was tough. It was tough because I had a C-section, and I I say C-section, C-section, C-section because it was so tough. Um, it was very hard to breastfeed him, be in pain, and still tend to my energetic little girl, who up to the moment of the baby being born, I literally was her best friend. I will jump, crawl, run, roll over. I did everything with her. I was like her little... Um, adult size doll. I mean, everywhere she want, everything she wanted to do, color, everything. I did it with her. I was that mom that was just so extra with her kid. I mean, people even judged me on being too involved and too um, in her life the way I was. So it was tough to to have to handle two little kids. And, and kind of divide myself between them and house chores and marital issues and being a daughter and just being a friend to anyone who would call me. It was just, it was very hard. But hard don't break your back. <laughs> you know, it just makes you stronger. And hard only uh, defeats you if you give up, if, you be, if you're lazy, if you are so hard on yourself. So I learn to be kind to myself in those moments because I realize I cannot do it all. I won't be able to do um, everything that I wanted to do in that moment, but I knew that it was just a season. And I took it just as that. You know, this is not going to be forever. I'm going to have this pain and it's going to go away. And sure enough, within within my first month, the pain was gone from the C-section. You know, I, it was still tender down there. I can still feel um, the pain when I would... Um, put on certain pants or do certain um, movements or exercises, but but I pushed through, you know. Um, I figured out a system of how to be involved with my little girl and be with my son. You know, a lot of times I fell asleep because, oh my goodness, sleep deprivation is real. You know, having to, I was breastfeeding on demand, I wasn't on a schedule because I wanted to make sure that my milk was coming in, you know, as needed. And I wasn't just trying to just feed the baby uh, every two or three hours. And if he was hungry, I had leave him crying, you know. So I just wanted to be as attentive and as on the man as I could be so that I can be able to provide him the milk that he needed. Um, and for my daughter, I just made it work, you know. I, I, I literally just pushed myself to make it work. I had to be at the school one hour before, you know, everyone else because I know that my son was going to start crying and, and I needed to be able to be at the school. So, you know, there was a lot of sacrifices. Thank God that I was able to stay home. And at that time, I was not doing my Etsy shop. I was just solely being a mom, a wife, and and 
a transportator <laughs> because it would take me 30, I mean, one hour to take her to school. I would stay at the school for an hour after dropping her off. Then I would come home and then do the same thing an hour before school and an hour after school because I had to breastfeed him. So it was tough, but I did. So if the encouragement doesn't come and you can do this, I hope that it comes in. Let me appreciate what you let. I hope that you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm going to appreciate the struggles that I have because they're not as worse as hers. You know, or if they're as worse or worse than mine, I hope you're saying if she can do it, I can do it too. And that really is the purpose of this podcast, other than letting you know that C-sections are not easy. They're hard. It is tough. It is painful, but you'll get through it. And also to know that breastfeeding is not for everybody and feeding your baby is best. I've been breastfeeding for 18 months, and I'm still going on. Everyone always asks me with a little look up to when are you going to stop doing it? Why don't you stop? You need to sleep because my son is still on the man. I still wake up two to three times every night after 18 months to breastfeed him. When he wakes up, he is uncontrollable crying because he just wants to feel me. My husband has learned a way to, um, has been helping me to just kind of like soothe him so that we can little by little wean him off but here's the thing about breastfeeding i'm breastfeeding my kid i'm feeding my kid and people are still judging so women men about your life people are going to talk they're going to judge you whether you do the good or the bad do what you want to do it's your life i'm doing what i want to do i told you guys and i will continue to tell you i am taking the steps to live my dream life. My dream life is not your dream life. What I do with my life is not what you want to do for your life. So you have to do what works for you. For me, I'm breastfeeding my kid. When I'm going to wean off, I don't know. We're working on that. Whether we're working on it today and not tomorrow, that's what works for my house. How long am I going to breastfeed him? I don't know. Some people say to me, you're going to breastfeed him until he's five years old, until he's walking out here by himself and be able to uh, be independent. You know, all these stupid sly jokes guess what i just smile and say i don't know i'm working on it you know what you want to know why because i don't know i don't know i'm going to do what my son needs and what works for my household you don't live with me you don't pay my bills you don't help me you're not doing anything to help me to wean him or to help me do it that is none of your problem it is it should be none of your concern and not in a mean way but you have to put your life in a perspective if you do things for other people, you're going to live your whole life doing it for other people. You got to do life, do things in your life for yourself. Because no one will ever be satisfied with what you do. You know, I'm freaking proud of myself. 18 months breastfeeding a little a little kid who is energetic, who doesn't stay still, who... <coughs> excuse me, when he's breastfeeding, he's like turning upside down. It seems like he's doing jump jacks when he's breastfeeding. I mean, he's... Not a still baby. He's not doing this cute photogenic Instagram thing where he's just laying there and you can just stare into his eyes. No, no. My son is active. He is kicking me, pinching me, grabbing my other nipple. He is hurting me, not, you know, but guess what I'm doing? I am keeping my commitment to myself that I'm going to breastfeed my child as long as I want to, as long as I want to. If you ask me lately how I feel about breastfeeding, I want him off my boob. I do. But when he cries for me and comes to me, you know what I remember? He doesn't know any better. He's not doing 
it to hurt me or or he just wants to eat and this is how he's comfortable eating and I'm okay dealing with how that what what that means. And if you're not, guess what? It's not your boob, it's not your body. So when people judge you about how you breastfeed or don't breastfeed or you just look at them and you smile and you say, "Okay." Because no one will ever be satisfied with your decisions. You have to be satisfied with the life that you're living and the choices that you make. Because if you're not satisfied, you're going to be miserable and you're going to be living for someone else. And nobody wants to live for anybody else, especially if they're not paying your bills, if they're not contributing to your well-being and to your family or to your household. You have to do what's best for you. So I'm going to wrap this up. And I hope that you are encouraged, motivated, or even entertained with my podcast. My purpose with this podcast is to motivate, inspire, and encourage men and women to take the steps to live the life of their dreams. It may not look like mine, but as long as it looks like your dreams, you're doing the right thing. I promise you guys that I will share with you an other individual story, so here it goes. Our story this week is about an amazing woman, woman who migrated to the United States and lived here for about 18 years and worked and lived a hard working life. Um, she is a woman with two dynamic children who were able to graduate from college, are both married and have children. So in retrospect, when she looks back, she's been an amazing mom because her kids are uh, professionals. They have their own families. They're loving. They are great citizens to this um, community that we live in. And, and they help others in their lifestyle. So she's a very proud woman. She has worked hard for what she has. Um, nothing has ever been given to her in a silver platter. And she's she's dynamic. I mean, when you meet her, you can see the energy that she brings to a room. Um, this woman has since gone back to her country and is living in her own home. And what she's doing back home is a testament that when you're doing something for yourself and not worried about what other people think or say, and you're doing it for the betterment of the community, of those around you, then you're on the right path. The Bible says um, that everything that you do, do it unto God, or do it as as if you're doing it unto God. Um, I'm not quoting that scripture correctly, and I'm not giving you references because I know that I've read it in the Bible, um, and I know that it's in there. Um... If you want to know, just look it up, Google it, because that should be one of your best friends for information. Um, And that's exactly what she's doing. So this woman has moved to her home back in her country. And every morning she gets up early in the morning and she sweeps the sidewalks in her in her neighborhood. She sweeps. Let's say um, about a, a block and a half or let's say a block and a half New York blocks, uh, New York City blocks. So it's a long block. So she sweeps this because when she got back to her country, there was so much garbage everywhere. And the community 
the people in the community didn't have any motivation to keep it clean because everybody just kept it dirty. With her efforts, she was able to clean up her community. She was able to maintain um, uh, a callejón. It's like a like a small street, uh, clean. She painted the walls of this of this um, area where you walk, where there's like tall tall um, cinder blocks that are these walls, and she painted them uh, uh, a. A nice neutral color, and she wrote on them, "No garbage, pick up after yourself." And she's wrote she wrote all these um, sayings to encourage people to pick up the garbage to maintain this area clean. Well, she's been living there. She's been back there for a little bit over a year, uh, almost a year and a half actually. And one somebody said to her, "Look at this woman." who lived in New York and comes and look at look what she's doing she came back to this country to sweep the neighborhood and she was demeaning her she was mocking her and this woman said to me I, I told you I was going to keep it anonymous um I did ask her for, if I can share the story and she said you can tell my name you can tell them where I'm from but just so that we can keep it uniform throughout all the podcasts she said to me you know what I said what she thought when she when this woman said to her, I feel proud that I'm doing this. Not only that I clean up this this area, but people know not to throw garbage. People see this area and they know that that um that somebody maintains this. She says, Yeah, there's people here and there that I have to remind to pick up the garbage. But those are people that they don't know what I've what this is the what happened here. So I I tell them pick up the garbage and if you know and you have authority that if you see somebody else throwing garbage, can you tell them not to throw garbage in this area? Do you know that this powerful woman has encouraged other people in the neighborhood to sweep in front of their home? Yes, her actions of sweeping her own um area and a little bit further because she she wasn't cleaning in front of anybody else's um home she was sweeping the house next to hers her own and then this this street area that is like a little like i said un callejon that is like um i don't know the english word translation like to to describe it exactly but it's like this street where there's tall walls and people walk through there it's like an alley that's what it's called an alley <laughs> so like this alley she she's cleaned this up and now other women in the neighborhood in her neighborhood around her are waking up and also sweeping the front of their houses and have said to her because you're sweeping your home and you're keeping the neighborhood clean it's encouraging me to do the same in my house women men i told you guys and i will repeat it in all the podcasts it is the small steps that lead you to the bigger picture. It is the little things that you do that have a compound effect that you don't know where it's gonna take you. You just need to keep on chugging on. You need to continue to do the things that are hard, that are not necessarily rewarding, that are not necessarily um, fun to do every single day so that you can get to the goal. So if you're eating clean, eat clean tomorrow. Continue to eat clean. If you're losing weight, if you're lifting, if you're in the gym, keep going. Even when you don't feel like it, even when it's raining, even when it's cold, even when it's burning hot, keep doing it. 
You don't feel like sitting down and reading with your child who's having a hard time reading or doing math or doing whatever it is that they're having a struggle in. Continue to do it every single day because you don't know the impact that your consistency, your determination, your dedication has on someone else in the future. Do it because it is in you to do it because that what you're doing, what you are aspiring to do was put in you, that burning desire to do was putting you with a purpose. And it's not just for you, your life, you're living it and you're doing the great decisions that will benefit you and your family, but there are for someone else. You are not in this life just for you. I encourage you earlier to do what's best for you. You got to live your life for yourself, but absolutely you got to also be kind and considerate of other people right i'm not telling you to go out there and if you want to shoot up and do drugs and and that's what you want to do don't listen to anybody's opinion no i'm telling you to do what's right for you the right things to do right so this woman has now encouraged other women in her neighborhood to pick up a broom and sweep in front of their neighborhood you know pour water so that they can clean the neighborhood so that they can inspire those youngins there are people, young kids that walk through that alley, that walk past that house every day going to school. You know what they're learning? They're learning that in order to have something, you have to learn to also maintain it. Women, you remember when I said to you in one of my first podcasts that I had to do the dishes, that I had to push myself to do the things, the housework that I needed to do even though I didn't want to do them? Fast forward, I think it's been a few months now that my husband and I got back together and I started doing the chores that I didn't want to do. You know what that has instilled in me? Making my bed every morning, washing the dishes every day. I don't wash them every single night because I'm also a mom and I get tired and I have to go shower the kids and things get in the way. I have a business. But my house is not the same house that it was prior to us separating because I made a decision that I was going to do the hard things to lead me to this dream life. My apartment now, um, my home is, it's a haven. It's a safe haven where my husband can come and relax and not feel like it's chaos um, or chaotic. This woman, after living in this country, in the U.S. for so long, has moved back to her home to impact lives. She doesn't have a job because she has income. She's built her life where she can relax and enjoy enjoy herself. But she's impacting lives. Guys, the little things that you do, that's what impacts lives. This podcast is not so that I can get rich and famous. This podcast is so that I can inspire someone to do the right thing, that I can motivate you to do the right thing, that I can encourage you to do the right thing. Am I doing every single little thing that I want to be doing? No, but I'm taking the steps. Take the steps. Someone is going to judge you for what you're doing. Make sure that you're living the life that you want to live. Enjoy the process. I told you guys that I had a funny story to share with you about enjoy the process. I used to roll my eyes when people would tell me that. I was in this business, and not was, I am in this business where enjoy the process, enjoy the journey are the things that they tell you because business is hard, you know? And I use that word that it's hard. Losing a losing your limb is hard. Losing a family member is hard. So in in perspective, it's really not that hard. You know, having to wash a dish is not hard. What I, but it it's it feels 
challenging when you have to do the things that you don't want to do. So hard doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means that it's a challenge. I mean, you got to push through it. If it's what you want to do, if it's really what you want to do. So you got to, when you're making decisions, you can't just think in the moment. You can't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. I'm not saying that. I'm saying look at the bigger picture and make decisions looking and considering the bigger picture. This woman wasn't cleaning the her street, her her area, just so that she so that it was clean for her. She was also doing it to encourage other people, to teach other people that cleanliness takes dedication. It's an everyday process. Yes, I wash my dishes today. Tomorrow I'm gonna have to wash it again. And if I wash it in the morning, I'm gonna have to wash it in the afternoon. And if I wash it in the afternoon, I have to do it in the night too. Guess why? Because you eat and dishes get dirty. Business. Women and men who are out there hustling, whether you're doing a nine to five or entrepreneurship, you call somebody today, you got to call them in two minutes, you got to call them later, you got to call them again, you got to keep doing, making the calls. You're out there, you took the train today, you got to take it again tomorrow, you're going to take it the next day and you got to just continue to do it. Whatever it is that you're doing, you went to the gym today, you got to go tomorrow too, you got to go the following day. You, you know, it's it's not... The easy things that are going to get you to your dream life is the hard things that you're not necessarily willing to do. So I encourage you today, take the steps, whatever they are. Um, you're not necessarily my accountability partners because you're not calling me up. But I'm going to tell you this. There is something inside me that I want to do that every day I fight myself. I fight myself because it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get back in the game. But it's something that I really want to do. So even I, with knowing all this knowledge, I know that it's hard. One step at a time. Guys, one foot in front of the other. That's how you're going to do it. I have been your host, Christine A. Morell, on Instagram if you want to follow me. If you want to follow my Etsy shop, it's at... Dear Journey Shop on Instagram or Dear Journey on Etsy. Feel encouraged. Send me direct messages. Send me um, comments on this podcast, how it has encouraged or inspired you or motivated you. And let me hear what you guys want to hear going forward on this podcast. My husband and I are brewing up our podcast together about marriage because it's important. So many of you have reached out to us and shared to shared with me how um how much pers- perspective you gotten from me being real with you guys i said with you guys that i was going to keep it real raw and all of that and i'm going to continue to do that because whether or not i see it i know that i'm doing the will of god and i know that i am fulfilling and walking in my purpose you guys have been amazing listeners I thank you. I hope you share this with somebody that may need it. And I hope that you are blessed. Have an encouraged day.